Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the ages of all ages, Amen. Today's psalm says to us a reality of the pattern of the work of the Lord. How the Lord does things with His children. It said in the psalm, the Lord is righteous in all His ways. So in anything He does, He does it with righteousness, in righteousness, because He is that source of all righteousness. Then it says, gracious in all His works. When someone does something graciously, it means it's done with everything beautiful. And it's done quite often undeservedly by me. But He does it anyway. Because this is the love of God. The Lord is near at all times. In today's gospel, we read this gospel quite often in the church. We read it when we pray the ninth hour of the Agbeya. We read it many times when these fifth, it's a fifth Sunday. Because it's a reminder of blessing upon us and upon the church. And we see the Lord's discussion with the disciples here. So people were following the Lord. The Lord had been speaking to them for hours about the kingdom of God, enabling them to, to better understand things that they need to understand, uh, a preparation for eternal life. And then they kept following him. Of course, they hadn't eaten and they were hungry. So the Lord tells the disciples when they tell him, you know, it's getting late, we're in a very deserted place, send them away. So the Lord says, you, you give them something to eat. And you've heard this verse many times and there are many ways to look at it why does the lord say you give them something to eat when the lord says this that means he's planning to do something big when he tells you to do something that you cannot do yourself and he tells you to do it anyway that means he's preparing you for something big he's going to give you to do something beyond what you thought you could do that's why he says this then when we think about everything that happens in this passage we look at the scene where at the end of it, it says they picked up 12 baskets of these leftover fragments. Leftover fragments, 12 baskets full of them from nothing, from a boy's lunch. And we think, what, did the, what happened with these 12 baskets? So now the, the disciples picked up each a basket and they went away. Where did they go with these baskets? What happened? Did they keep eating from these baskets for, for days on end? Or perhaps the Lord was thinking these baskets are for many other people to come. You know, it's beautiful when you read in the Gospel of St. John, the Lord says, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. They have to be fed. Everyone has to be fed. Many times we read in the Gospels that the Lord was moved with compassion when He saw the need. He sees the need. He knows. But He also sees the misunderstanding of the concept of need. Sometimes our needs get completely fused with our wants, and all of a sudden what we really need is not really a need anymore. It's just wants. But the Lord sees the need, and He's constantly working in righteousness and graciousness to fulfill the need. So, let me ask you a question. Let's say this boy, we read about, we read about him in St. John's version of the Gospel. 
of this passage. But let's say this boy did not give this food. I mean, they said we have a bag of lunch here, this, these loaves and fish, but what are they among so many? So this boy could have not given them. He could have kept them for himself. And quite often that's why the blessing feels stifled. It feels hindered. It feels inhibited because it's not put in the right hands. I think I can do better with it than God can. I think I can do better with this than God can. So instead of giving it to him, whether it's my time, my talents, my whatever grace he has given me, I either hoard it for myself or keep it for some sort of personal credit that I want to build or for how I want to look in front of others. The Lord explains this very clearly. In John chapter 12, he says to us, unless a grain of wheat, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. If, it doesn't, if it's not buried in the ground, it remains that one grain of wheat. But if it dies, if it's buried underground, it produces much grain. So this boy's lunch, had he kept it for himself, we would never have heard of him. And we would not have known how, what would have happened other than the boy ate it and it's over. But the fact that it was given in the right hands at the right time, it ended up feeding thousands until this day, this gospel is preached and read all over the world from a little boy's lunch put in the right hands, the hands of he who is able to bless abundantly. Think of examples like St. Joseph. You know, you know the, I'm not talking about St. Joseph the carpenter. We love him, of course, but I'm speaking of St. Joseph of the Old Testament. What happened to St. Joseph? This man was the spoiled son of the house. He was so envied by his brother because his dad made it very clear that he was his favorite him and his baby brother benjamin and the focus was on joseph 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 to the point that his brothers couldn't stand him at one point what happens to joseph he gets sold into slavery his brothers throw him in a pit he gets sold into slavery he gets taken to a foreign country after he gets taken into a foreign country he gets accused of a crime he didn't commit gets thrown in prison what is happening to this man? Like you think this is a man that's pre being prepared for royalty. Like he's, his dad is preparing him for something big. And then everything gets totally replaced with one burial after the other. Further and further and further into the ground. Then he's sitting there in prison, wallowing for years. And suddenly the Lord comes and says, come out. I'm prepared you and I've prepared you for a greater purpose than you could have imagined. You're going to help save the world by the gift I've given you. And he said, sure, Lord. At this point, it became like that grain of wheat. His life became like a grain of wheat planted in the ground. At one point, he was expecting to be the king or worshipped. He even said he dreamt that his brothers would bow to him, his father bowed to him and so on and so forth. That's the dreams and the discussion that they had with his father and brothers. And his father said, well, are we going to bow down to you? And at the end, after all this was said and done, and after he was buried in the ground, he forgot about all these things. He became the Lord's bread. He became like that barley loaf in the hands of the Lord that if left alone, feeds one or two people. But when broken properly, in the hands of a very 
gentle, gracious, righteous Lord, it ends up feeding tons. He went from thinking it was just about him and his, 12, his 11 brothers, it ended up being about all of the people at the time. Egypt and everything around it. Salvation for many through this one life. The question remains now, what will we be willing to do? What am I telling the Lord today? Like every one of us, am I willing to be a barley loaf in the hands of the Lord? Or do I want to keep myself for me? Or is it all about me? If it's all about me, it remains just me. That's why the Lord said, he who loves his life in this world will lose it. But he who hates his life in this world, or in other words, he who gives his life for the glory of God, will not only gain it, but gain it in eternity, in abundance. The measure he uses here will be measured back later, then, abundantly. So the question for us, St. Joseph, this, these loaves, these fish, these little things that seem so insignificant, yet are they forgotten by the Lord? He says, none of them, the, the hairs of your head, every one of them is numbered by the Lord. He knows every one of them. What can be forgotten by the Lord? Nothing. St. Joseph is still spoken of forever after he passed away. And he's in the Bible. And everything he said and did is recorded as a lesson for us to learn from. That God meant it for good, whatever he went through. Same thing applies for us today. Will we be willing to say, Lord, use me as you see fit? Instead of saying, let me keep me for me, let me be for you. That it's not about me, Lord, it's about you. You know St. Ignatius of Antioch, you remember his story, I think some of you do. He ended up being thrown to the lions, eaten alive. There was a point in his life where he was very far from God, by the way. And he was brought back twice by the love of St. John the Beloved. St. John the Theologian. When he ran away from God and lost his way, when St. John came looking for him, I'm just fast forwarding the story for you, when he came back looking for him, he started running after him. When he saw St. John running after him, what do, you think, did he, what do you think he did? When he saw St. John running, this old man, this old apostle running towards him, what do you think he did? Did he run in his arms and hug him? What do you think? Any guesses? No guesses? He ran away. He ran further. He ran away from the person running after him to bring him to Christ. And St. John would tell him, slow down. Please have mercy on my old age. I can't keep up with your speed. And he kept following and following and following him. And finally, he gave up and stopped. And what did St. John tell him? When St. John looked at him, St. John the Beloved looked at him, he told him, he didn't ask him, why are you sinning? Or what are you doing with your life? And how come you're doing this this way? Or why did you run off or run away from God? He just told him one thing. Remember that the Lord Jesus Christ died for you. When he said this to him, he broke out in tears. He started bawling of tears. And he came back to his senses and came back to the love of God. So anyways, fast forwarding his life, he becomes the patriarch of Antioch. And uh, he's about to be thrown to the lions. This is what he says about himself. He says, my dear Jesus, my Savior, is so deeply written in my heart. Jesus is so deeply written in his heart that if my heart were to be cut up open 
and chopped into pieces. The name of Jesus would be found written on every piece. So basically he's saying, just like that bread, that fish, broken and given, he says, me now also, Lord, break me and give me, because every part of me belongs to you. You're written on every part. Then he says this about himself. He says, I am the wheat of God. Just like that wheat that prepares that fish, that bread, sorry. I am the wheat of God, and I'm ground by the teeth of the wild lions, the wild beasts, that I may be found the pure bread of God and long after the Lord, the Son of the true God and Father Jesus Christ. Him I seek, who died for us and rose again. I'm eager to die for the sake of Christ. My love has been crucified, and there is no fire in me that loves anything, but there is living water springing up in me, and it says to me inwardly, come to the Father. There's a point in his life where there was no way St. Ignatius would have considered dying, being eaten alive by lions. But when he gave himself into the hands of the Lord, he said, if this is for the growth of the faith, the edification of the body of Christ for the church, for the salvation of more souls, let it be. Because he also tells us something interesting. We think that preaching, like me standing here, is going to convince anyone of anything. Of course not. I'm probably wasting most of your time right now. But he says something very beautiful. He says, Christianity is not a matter of persuading people of particular ideas, but of inviting them to share in the greatness of Christ. That's all I could do here is invite you to share in His greatness. I can't persuade you of anything. I can't tell you something, oh, that makes sense. I believe what this guy is saying. I could say anything, but I can't persuade you. All I could do is invite you to realize the greatness of the love of God for you and what He is calling to you to do and what to be. Our life on earth, whether it be 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years, if, it's all it, if that's all it's about, that's where it ends, birth and death. But if it's given in the hands of God, it's birth and eternal life, a life that does not end. This is the difference between giving it to the Lord forever and living forever or living for this temporal time. could be a century. And I wish it for all of you. May you live to be 100 years old. But if this is all you're living for, it ends at 100 like those barley loaves could have ended with the boys' lunch at that hour of the day. But instead, they fed thousands upon thousands and 12 baskets were taken up. So, St. Ignatius also tells us, you know, he says, I, I hope that, that we're not wanting to be merely called Christian, but to be Christian. There's a huge difference. Again, I could say all this today and being condemned by not fulfilling it. But there's a huge difference being saying, I profess to be Christian and being Christian. That's the difference between loaves left with the boy and loaves in the hands of God. I ask you, please, I, I beg you, think of this today with me. And think of anything you offer in the hands of God, what it will do and where it will lead you. Because it will go further and further and farther beyond your greatest imagination. St. Paul says that, now to him was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He can do more than anything we think of because of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. I'm going to leave you with a short story that happened on Friday night. One of the youth of the church sent me a message. 
late at night, something like 2 o'clock in the morning, saying, you're not going to believe what just happened. You think, what happened? So he basically went to the pharmacy, well, before 2 o'clock, because you know the pharmacies close early in Montreal, except for some of them. But he went before the amount, but I guess he was so excited he had to tell me about it. So you couldn't wait till the next morning, he had to message me in the middle of the night. So he says, I went to the pharmacy, I had to buy something for my, a family member. I said, okay, great. He goes to the pharmacy, he enters the pharmacy. And as he's picking up the stuff, he finds a pack of cookies. I'm not sure that this exists, but according to him, there's cinnamon-flavored Oreo. Is this true? There is? Yes? I've never heard of it. But anyway, apparently he loves cinnamon and loves Oreos. So he found the combination. So he couldn't believe it. So he said, oh my goodness, cinnamon-flavored Oreos. So he picked up a pack of the Oreos to buy with the medication and the stuff. So he went to the cash, made the purchase, and walked out. Now, as he's heading towards the car, what happens? Suspense. He, he finds a person by the door near the pharmacy, sitting there begging, waiting for food or drink or money or anything like that, sitting there on the ground. So for some reason, he looked at him and looked at his Oreos. He didn't think about you know, money in his wallet. He didn't think about food. He didn't think about anything. He just thought, I really want to eat these Oreos. But for some reason he felt he needs these Oreos. I think, well, how could this person sitting there would want Oreos? He wants money, he wants food, but Oreos? So anyways, he gave him the pack of Oreos. What do you think the guy did? Some people are thinking, oh, he probably threw it in his face, said, I want money, I don't need cookies, buddy. No, that's not what he said. He took the pack and said, oh my goodness, cinnamon Oreos. The same reaction. Could you imagine? And the guy said, you made my night. You made my night. He was freaking out. And the guy was like surprised that this was, a, and he didn't give him anything. He just gave him a pack of cookies. But he gave him something he really wanted. Just like when that widow gave her two mites, she gave him all she had. For him, right now, it wasn't about giving him five bucks or a cup of coffee or a sandwich. He really wanted those Oreos, but he felt he wanted them more somehow. So as he was walking away, his his whole body was shivering of joy. He felt that this was the Lord Jesus, disguised in this man. And that's what the Lord says. When you do it to the least of my brothers, you're doing it directly to me. So he kept hearing him saying, you made my night. And even when he got into the car, the guy still kept saying, you made my night. He got home, it was ringing in his ears throughout the night. I guess that's why he messaged in the middle of the night. He couldn't stop thinking about that. He felt this was the Lord Jesus. Now again, in relation to what we just talked about today. He could have kept the cookies to himself, ate them, you know, dunked them in the milk, ate and drank, and it's done. But he left them with this man, disguised perhaps being the Lord himself in this man, and he received the blessing. The Lord says, a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple shall not lose its reward. So for sure these cinnamon cookies won't lose the reward either. The idea behind it is, when it's just about me, it stops at me. When it's not about me anymore, when it's about the glory of God and everyone else in him, in his body, then it continues to blossom and bear fruit and be blessed for baskets and baskets and fragments and fragments to be left from one generation to the next. Again, it's a choice. It's either I live for now and it ends when they bury me, or I live for him and it does not end. It just continues. And that's the blessing and the glory of God. Glory be to God forever and ever.
This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.